0: are 1200 plus acres, 40,000 plus students, and millions of untold stories at UC San Diego. This is 1200 Plus Acres, the podcast where UC San Diego students share their stories. My name is Nani, and welcome to this milestone episode. Today, we're talking with Todd, one of the TEDxUCSD co-directors, and Hannah from the Speakers Relations subteam about the process of putting together our main TEDxUCSD conference this May. Planning for the main event always starts with choosing a theme. After rounds of pitching ideas, brainstorming on Padlet and voting, we're excited to announce that this year's main conference team is Constellate.
1: I think planning for the main event always kicks off past recruitment. So it was around week three, week four of fall quarter 2020. So yeah, from there, I think, yeah, that's how we got, got started. Uh, we always, as an organization, start off with the theme. Um, and that's something a lot of people don't know about TEDx events and all TEDx talks is that they're always based off of a theme. Um, so these talks are curated because of it.
0: Choosing speakers is a huge component of putting together our main conference. We ask Hannah and Todd to take you through the speaker selection process.
1: In terms of speakers, Uh, that's usually not decided by like the co-directors. It's honestly completely up to speaker relations team. A lot of it comes from like the speaker's passions or speaker relations passions um, and who they think they can really relate to because ultimately we're trying to build a relationship with the speakers and we find that the best talks result from that relationship and that genuine connection. Yeah, Hannah, did you wanna talk? About that yourself, um, being part of speakers, really.
2: I would be honored. I think, for me at least, I've kind of always navigated the world thinking: if I see someone or know someone, or whether I know them in person or online or through some friend of a friend of a friend, and have just seen them once on social media, um, if they strike me as someone who who is capable of a TED talk that I haven't seen before. That's kind of when my TED talk alert buzzer goes off in my head and I'm like, oh, they need to give a TED talk. And that happened with every single one of my speakers years ago, which is so wild to me because getting to bring them on this year has been such an amazing experience. Yeah, I think for speaker's team in general, we wanted to explore areas we hadn't explored before as a team, as a TEDx. In some of our earliest meetings, I remember Anthony, Divya, Orn, and I kind of sitting around and trying to think of areas we hadn't seen a TED Talk from, um, specifically from our TEDx, and we managed to find a lot of those speakers. I think that was very clearly the intention going into it. Like maybe we've had artists before, but we've never had a glass blower or maybe we've had (laughs) scientists, but we've never had a collections manager of herpetology before. So I think we just really wanted to zero in on very niche areas within the bigger areas that we either had never seen TED Talks about or just people we wanted to get to know. And going up with
0: that, do you have any funny stories or challenging stories of communicating with speakers
2: that you like to share? Yeah, I think, I think when you bring in um, people who, the types of people who would give a TED talk, you're bound to deal with some really interesting personalities, and in your communications there is you're just bound to have really funny moments maybe it's not so obviously funny but i feel like i'm always kind of sitting back and being like this just happened (laughs) i somehow remove myself from the situation and just find it so hilarious like what we're talking about what we're spending time on because it's just not your normal conversations, I feel. But it's the most amazing thing at the same time because these people are so passionate about what they do that they get so invested in it and they love talking about it and sharing it with everyone. Um, Neftali, our uh, speaker, who is the Collections Manager of Herpetology at the Natural History Museum, LA. He is by far, like if I were to make, you know, Time Magazine's list of influential people something like that. Like he would be on my list of my most influential people ever because I met him through my photography class in 2016, we got to tour behind the scenes of the Natural History Museum. And he was one of the departments that we got to go to and take photos of and interview. Um, And right away when we met him, I was just like, who is this guy? He's so passionate. It's not every day you see someone with a scorpion tattoo on their arm. And I just kind of took a mental note and I was thinking, like, does he do talks? I wasn't involved at all in TEDx at this point, but I just was obsessed with TED talks (laughs) and knew that I would never heard anything about the kinds of things he was talking about. And he just had this perspective of um, respect for some of the most disrespected animals on the planet that I wanted to hear and I wanted so badly for other people to hear so a lot of our conversations a lot of our meetings just throughout the drafting process have been definitely very in line with the talk but we always sidetrack it's impossible not to but this one time (laughs) he was telling me about this domino cockroach which apparently is not the most plentiful creature ever I don't think it's rare necessarily but it's not your average dog or cat for sure but he was just like going on and on about it this man cannot talk about any part of his work without exuding just utter obsession in the most beautiful way for it and he was telling me about this domino cockroach and then he goes here I have one And he disappears from the zoom camera. And I'm just sitting there like, oh my God, what am I about to see? And he comes back in like 0.2 seconds and he's like, here! (laughs) And he just holds it up, completely blocking the zoom camera. And I just found that so hilarious because that is not your average conversation. He also has a Komodo dragon, which I don't have words for. It's just mind-blowing to me. And then Jason, another one of my speakers, he's a pastry chef, and I would bet you he's read more cookbooks than regular books. I don't know for sure, but every single time we're talking, the most random conversation will start. Sometimes it's very philosophical, sometimes it's very like recipe-oriented, but the last time we were on the phone, it turned into an hour-plus, and he was giving me advice on how to make um persimmon pastry cream <laughs> so I don't know just <laughs> those random conversations but I live for them they're the best every every time I hang up I'm so inspired by all these people
1: persimmons slap and persimmon pastry cream sounds amazing <laughs>
0: what? I love it. would it offend him if I call them parsimons Yes.
2: Right? Oh God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. That oh, so bad, Rima. <laughs> Wait, I've been calling them that my whole life.
1: Oh, so I heard so you bad. say
0: "Christmas." I'm like, Hannah. Do you want to say that again? And I can edit it.
1: <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so, no. <laughs>
0: okay. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Every spring, we hold about three speakers' workshops in which TEDx members from different sub teams come together to help speakers develop
1: their talks. Speaker workshops are pretty much just a place for our speakers that are newly recruited, invited, etc., um, to give their TED talk to help develop them and like refine them. A lot of people have this misconception that uh, you know we're just here to give them a stage. But it's, it's definitely more like, you know, we're gonna help you develop your talk, walk you through it, uh, make sure you're giving it right. And speaker relations team does a great job. But yeah, uh, do you wanna add on to that Hannah?
2: Yeah, I'd say the most valuable part of workshops would be getting to expose their in progress talks to people who have clean slates because I have lost track of how many calls I've had with my speakers. And we've mulled over them so much, like I've stared at the words, I've heard the words way too many times, just as the rest of our team has, that when we're able to bring in other TEDx members from other sub teams who have a basic idea of who our speakers are, but haven't yet heard the details of their talks, I think that brings a really fresh perspective
0: we also asked todd about his experience being a co-director with monica this year and what his average week looks like in tedx
1: you know i'll just go through like what a week has been like this past quarter so on monday monica and i would meet uh and we do about an hour to three hours sometime uh meeting together where we go through every individual sub team check up on them, see what they need from us, um, see what we could provide them. After we do a quick sub-team check, we would talk about general things like how we're doing on our timeline, um, if progress is gonna like make it in time. And from there, I I would just go about my day. It's not that bad, you know, it's just making sure that you're constantly on Slack, replying to people, making sure that you are like an anchor for the entire team to depend on. On Thursdays we have our meetings, which are super cool, and Monica and I run those together. <laughs> yeah, I would say majority of being a co-director is kind of being a parent. It's pushing your kids along, you know. But you don't want to like like baby them. Like I don't I don't want to have kids that don't know what to do in the future. Uh, so <laughs> it's a lot of just priming them to do. The right things, or the most right possible things, and sometimes you'll make mistakes because you're a parent that hasn't fully learned what the next generation needs yet. Um, and every kid is unique, you know. You gotta you gotta feed them certain things in a certain way, and uh, uh, yeah, it's been it's been really fun getting to know this team and treating them like you know my kids. Overall, only about six hours a week of work, but passively. I always say 24 hours a week uh, of me just thinking about uh, TEDx. So uh, another thing, like Monica and I, we have a wonderful relationship as parents. We've literally sent like 20,000 messages um, and Slack records them all. And we hit the 10,000 messages limit before any of y'all were even on the Slack channel, which is crazy. Uh, So yeah, we've been talking about uh, TED since like June of last year.
0: So you've talked a little bit about being a co-director can you give us one word to describe that whole experience
1: word? oh man oh man this is nostalgic um for uh nani who wasn't here last year i was part of internal so i did a lot of icebreakers and i think one of my most famous ones was this one it was like describe your life in one word and i gave the word as an example soup and that was because i felt like soup was very underrated Although it takes a lot of time and investment to make. And I made like this analogy, like my life is soup. You know, so much has been given into me and it's boiling down. I'm slowly becoming something. And uh, I just want to be appreciated for that because soup takes a long time to make. And that that was a word. So I'll offer a new word. Uh, I think about this question a lot, but I'm going to say stew. (laughs) So if you know about the stewing process stew takes usually like double the time as making soup and it kind of boils down a lot of ingredients like tomatoes uh bones uh different herbs and it usually makes it thicker as well using starches like from potatoes etc there's usually a lot more ingredients that go into stew than into soup and i think the analogy is very similar um i've grown to a point where i've met so many amazing people. And I think that they've just added to the soup and you can't really call a soup a soup after you've like uh, added so much to it and it's no longer clear. But I think that's fine because I like being like thick. Okay, that didn't sound right. Yeah, but no, no, I'm I'm gonna go with it. I like being thick, you know, and like full full of uh, different people's like draws um, and makes me feel fuller uh, myself and I'm excited to see what I become after it. Maybe I'll become like gas because of like or steam, uh, but right now I'm in a very happy place where it's like cozy, uh, I feel one of myself, uh, an amalgamation, is that a word? I think it is, uh, of like everyone that's come to me and now I'm thick and I'm ready to pursue the world.
0: With our main conference taking place in just a few weeks on May 15th and 16th, We asked Hannah and Todd how they are feeling about the upcoming conference and their feelings about a year in TEDx coming to an end.
2: I'm really excited. I've already cried about missing TED after it's done. I'm not looking forward to that but it's really exciting. I think it started to feel real for me this past week because all of my speakers were just messaging me everywhere we have messages like They were WhatsApping me and emailing me and like double, triple emailing me all about different things that we all have to get done. Um, Whether it's the day in the life um, Instagram story projects we're doing for them or their actual talk edits, like final edits, or uh, if one of them practiced today and like happens to take a video of it and send it to me. So I think it's starting to feel a lot more real now that all the pieces are coming together. It's also really, really exciting because. Last year was such a wild, wild experience being the first TEDx to ever do a virtual event that going into this year, I think we were a lot more prepared than we could have been because we were able to learn from the flaws of that event and also see what we did really right, especially in such a quick time frame to turn around and make it happen still. We had a bit of a leg up having had experience that already, especially in terms of structure for the event, because we decided what parts of it we wanted to keep live, what parts we wanted to make asynchronous, um, all of that. Um, but I'm just excited. I'm really, really excited for it to happen.
1: I will double down on Hannah's excitement. I, yeah, I'm, I'm filled with joy to know that a whole year's worth of work is like climaxing and, coming to this wonderful uh, conclusion of an event. And uh, I think I also want to double down on the being scared about the end of TEDx. I always tell people my worst fear is the end of a process. So whether that be like high school, college, uh, a relationship, uh, don't get me started relationships, <laughs> TEDx. And I think I'm extremely scared about this one because it's my very first and I guess last college organization that I've felt so connected with and at one or at peace with. So yeah, I, I'm definitely uh, kind of terrified to know like what will happen afterwards, but I'm hopeful that you know I have the ability and uh, our members have the ability to stay connected as we go. And uh, I'd love to just continue being excited about the journey that's going on right now.
0: We're excited about the main conference, too. To pre-register, head over to TEDxUCSD.com event. And that's pretty much all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to our podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.